Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Adam Annis. This band is from Brighton, Massachusetts. They formed in 2016. This is a great power metal, classic metal band, whose songs are mostly de derived from fantasy, literature, and history. They have released a killer EP called The Damon Strain, and here is my interview with the band. Hello, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Uh, very good, thank you for uh, for your time and for the interest in, uh, in our band and in talking to us. Well, thank you for creating an amazing EP, The Damon Strain. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Um, of course, uh, my first question I think I have the answer for, but I'm gonna ask you anyway, uh, what was the reason to go with an EP? Oh, that's a that's an excellent question, actually. Um, so uh, you know, we were wrapping up uh, the recording sessions of Far Flung Realm, and uh, it happened that we had one uh, drum truck that didn't uh, end up uh, being included in the Far Flung Realm uh, full length, and. Um, and we also were not very happy about the composition. So we we kind of re rewrote that song and uh, it turned out into a very powerful uh, epic song that we actually liked how the riff sounded and how the drums were kind of, uh, uh, you know, laying under. So then I wrote some lyrics and it turned out into the Storm the Wall uh, song that we felt was actually a nice single. Uh, but then we started thinking a little bit more about it and uh, and we also came out to realize that we also wanted to maybe re-record some old songs. So Thundermark was on our list for a while since we, you know, released that EP and that song with a previous vocalist. So we uh, decided to re-record that song as well. And then uh, just as a kind of, you know, a matter of inspiration, Javier came up with a song that was actually a, very cool and uh, we decided to record it. And I was... Uh, uh, playing around with this idea of making an epic uh, cover of House Carpenter. And um, and I kind of pitched it to the, the idea to the folks uh, and everybody liked it. So we end up working a lot on that cover, by the way. Uh, it ended up being more like longer than we expected. But um, and so once we saw the four songs together, we said, you know, this makes sense for a, a vinyl kind of product when we could have three songs on one side and maybe House Carpenter cover on the other side. And that could be an ICP to, you know, release uh, to our fans and, and do a little bit of continuation of, uh, of the work uh, while we essentially work on a full length, which we are around at the moment. Well, I'm glad I got that answer from you because my answer is that, uh, man, these four songs are so strong. And uh, sometimes, like, when you uh, paint a picture, right. um, when, it, when you put it together, sometimes when you take that extra time to keep adding, you end up taking away. Right. And I think this project, um, these four tracks are just phenomenal in every way um i wanted to go through them with you if you don't mind yes absolutely um storm the walls to me is the perfect start of the journey because if this song doesn't have you singing along um you must surely be dead 
Um, um, how how did the how did the song come about? Right. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit anticipating your uh, your question in my previous uh, you know uh, explanation. So we we had the drum track that was created for kind of a different song, but it had this very nice triplet feel that we loved. And then uh, Jeff Taft, our guitarist at the time, um, came up with very nice riffing uh, that improved uh, what we had initially very significantly. And as I was telling someone, we didn't have lyrics for a while for that song, so it was kind of a, a shame. And on a kind of a, on a night of inspiration, I came up with this with all these lines that were, you know, trying to to convey a very straightforward kind of battle feeling uh, um, and uplifting choruses that we we kind of I kind of missed from our previous work something so like straightforward. Um, and so when I presented the lyrics to the team, everybody uh, everybody felt it it fit. It was a great fit. So um, so with that for the deal, we decided that would be a good song to. To plays on a on a uh, on a recording. And uh, second, we go into Dark Moon Goddess. The song is the layers in the song are absolutely amazing. Um, it definitely shines like a diamond. That all the elements work together in it, and it also has a great catchy hook to it. Um, how did that one come about? exactly in the opposite way uh, so uh whereas you know storm the walls was kind of a almost, almost a puzzle that was composed over time by several people uh the demonstrain uh sorry the dark moon goddess was mainly the creation of one person this javier estrada our guitarist uh and also you know javier is also a, a, a bass a very proficient bass player and uh and he has a good deal of composition knowledge. So he created that song kind of almost single-handedly. Uh, I just kind of, uh, you know, played the drums that he composed uh, with minimal modifications. He uh, recorded uh, the guitars, also the bass line are his. He recorded the bass on that song. And then Jeff Stark, when he heard the, the mood, he came up immediately with a, with a vocal line uh, that, that I think fit you know were a perfect fit for the song <clears throat> and his lyrics are uh you know very much in 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 line with that dark the, the dark atmosphere um now i have to say the song was a little bit different in the first uh, variation when we presented that to our uh producer um christian moshus moss uh, um, in germany and he felt that it needed a little bit more orchestrations we had a touch of orchestration and he really went big with orchestrations so uh, then that was the hand of Moshus to actually also lay uh, several, you know, several more layers there. And we, when we heard the results, we're like, well, yeah, you're right. We, we, we actually, we ha we're, we're happy that you did that. So he, he has a, he, he played a part there as well. But again, mainly this is kind of the brain, the brainchild of, of Javier. And then we go into Thundermark. Um, a song that starts out with an insane riff, um, a great uh, lead line, and it also uh, immerses you in, into a different feel coming off of uh, the second track right. and uh, brings you back into a stronger mode. 
Um, how did that one come about for you? Yes. Um, so that was the first song we ever wrote as a band. <clears throat> Before Stark joined uh, the band, they used to have, uh, you know, uh, different members. We used to have a different vocalist, Ashley Caval, who recorded our EP, the first EP we released. And... Um, and Jeff Taft, uh, who also recorded the EP, but then after the EP was released, he left to, to pursue all the projects. Uh, he uh, essentially, he, myself, and Javier uh, were sitting in a room and we were like, um, we are ready to, to to create some sort of new, new songs for ourselves. And uh, I had like a very kind of general structure idea in my mind and came up with a drum line. Uh, so literally, that story started with me with a drumline and with the lyrics. So I only have the drumline and the lyrics. And then these guys started to bounce around riffs. We kind of created some of those together. And um, and once the song was done, based on the riff, uh, on you know, on the drum structure, on the lyrics, and the riffs that we had come out, it, it was literally like an immediate kind of. Um, yeah, this 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 sounds good, <laughs> and we we started to play that song in our live shows, and we used to open with that song. So, um, and the whole Thundermark idea, I kind of created that. Uh, I wrote about it when I was starting the band. It kind of brings back a little bit to my Slavic origins, and it speaks a little bit about this, uh, you know, almost Slavic paganism and mythology that some of my ancestors used to believe in. It's also a nice, interesting symbolism, right? It's kind of a sign of protection from, from, from the known sign of protection from, from, uh, from the forces that you cannot control. That's a thunder mark, right? Some sort of a mark that protects you. And so we then actually end up using this thunder mark imagery uh, on all of our works. So you see, the thunder mark has been used uh, as, uh, as well in our far flung realm, and. Um, and so we decided to to add it as well to this album and actually in the cd layout uh, that uh, crucial sewer is working on the thunder mark is also featured in some of the, some of the places so it's kind of a kind of a very personal song for us <laughs> uh so yeah that's kind of the story the first song and also a lot of symbolism and then we come to the tile track if this uh, ep was a meal this is the meat and potatoes <laughs> But the main dish. Um, exactly. Right. Um, how did uh, how did this one come about for you? So literally, uh, the story was uh, when we were already working on some of these songs to prepare for uh, for an EP. Um, I was uh, in my day job. Um, actually, by the way, my day job is science. I work in science. I'm a scientist by profession, and so I was working in the lab, and uh, I was listening to. To several uh, you know things in YouTube and uh, this uh, house carpenter ballad that was interpreted by Mirkur uh, really struck a vein in me and honestly uh, kind of a very sensitive way. We not long ago we had a, my wife had a miscarriage and the song was also very kind of personal. The 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 the, 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 the lady cries about her wee baby at some point. So I felt very somehow very tightly moved by that song. So I started to research more about it. I found John Bias's version. I also felt like uh, immense feelings going through my body when I was listening to John Bias's version. So I, I pitched to the guys, why don't we do a heavy metal epic as fuck? <laughs> I don't know if you can probably censor that. Uh, epic as, as we can possibly do 
cover of this and we can create that in a, our own way we can invite someone to sing the female part and we know a good person to do that so i already thought about krista sion from the band dealith local here to Connecticut could be a great fit and we also saw her singing that cover on facebook not that long ago so we essentially started to work on this uh we and every, all the band suddenly got this kind of in love with that project it was mm -hmm. a huge project so you know i end up composing the structure working a lot with these different tempo moves as a drummer it was a very interesting exercise because the song is a uh, it's literally one single melody. If you listen to the originals as interpreted by Joan or by Mirko, it's just one single melody line. And what we did is to create these very different passages with mood, you know, driven by different tempos, different beats. Uh, there is also a new melodic part in the middle where we actually create this atmosphere with Stark and Chris start talking to each other in a very kind of almost atmospheric uh, rock fashion that was very novel for us, and I enjoyed very much uh, how that came about. We we kind of didn't anticipate it would it work so good with my beats and the guitar slays, like kind of that middle atmospheric part. So um, and so you know there was kind of that vision, and but we couldn't really anticipate how it would come out. So so far the the the, the response was great, and uh, and the team really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was a great team effort, and. Again, we were so happy to be able to collaborate with Krista, who did a phenomenal job at, uh, you know, performing the female role. And uh, um, yeah, so so that's more or less the story. It took us actually quite a bit. I think several months of work and uh, working around the structure and then recording was not easy. So, uh, but very happy about the outcome. And I also wanted to ask you, um, if you could give me a, a couple of your influences musically, because uh, in a few songs I hear nuances of uh, a few bands, but I wasn't sure if they were actually influences. Um, Dark Moon Goddess definitely has an Iron Maiden type feel, and uh, the title track itself definitely uh, struck a chord with me uh, with a Halloween feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There is there are elements. There is actually a very clear uh, early Halloween part that Javi wrote there. <laughs> and by the way, Javi wrote uh, uh, the, a good deal of the guitars there as well as uh, he plays the bass on on that song. Uh, and so definitely, I mean, those influences are clearly on our on our vest, right? Uh, the classic heavy metal uh, sound and, and the early German power metal sound. Uh, I think if you go deeper, each of us bring our own set of influences from like Jeff Taft, very focused on, you know, um, US power metal and uh, the likes of, uh, you know, from modern power metal acts, uh, uh, to like classic power metal acts, so Jeff would love you know Fate's Warning. He would mm -hmm. he would uh, go crazy with Jack Panzer. He would love you know uh, Twisted Tower Dire, that kind of names. But also the German metal. He he is a huge follower of German bands such as Gamma Ray, uh, you know uh, Iron Savior. Also a big fan of Falconer, the Swedish power metal band. So those kind of bands have been shaping his own musical world. Uh, Javier, by the other hand, has been shaped more in this progressive, almost melodic and atmospheric sounds, more prog rock leaning. So that's why it's actually a nice combination. Javier, sure. probably, you ask him, his favorite band is Marillion. 
Um, he loves Opeth, he loves Lacuna Coil, he loves Angra from the, for the power metal side. Those are kind of his references. So you can see he comes from much more kind of melodic progressive uh, world. Um, and But I think it blends quite nicely with what we do. Um, and then Jeff Stark has his own influences. He was trained with... Uh, uh, he actually is a good friend for, with the guys from Queenstrike. He loves Queenstrike and all that sound. Uh, he was actually trained by by the woman who sings on uh, on one of their records, uh, Pamela. What's the name of uh, her? I always forget. Um, so oh, she sings on, on Operation on, Mind Crime. Yeah, right. So she sings on Operation Mind Crime. So Jeff was trained with her, and um, he brings all that influences in. He likes that's that's kind of his his stuff he also sang in a, in a malfunction you know this kind of cool uh new uh early uh, grunge band in seattle he uh he's done a good deal of st uh, the stuff with them in in seattle so uh he brings an interesting set of different influences that are kind of different from what we have and complements ours um and i'm for myself i think i like all of the above uh, I'm a big time German metal fan, but also big time, you know, epic classic power metal uh, or just just epic metal, Manila Road, Omen, Minor World, those kind of mm -hmm. bands that usually, you know, strike a strike a very nice kind of feeling in my in my head. But the German the European power metal, of course, as well is. I was kind of brought up on that. And if I have to choose a band that really influences me and Trace of Plane is Blind Guardian. Uh, so I grew up on Blind Guardian in, in Spain, and also I happen to be a friend and 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 a student of Tom and the Omen, the original mm. Blind Guardian drummer. Uh, mm -hmm. So we had essentially uh, we have a, an ongoing relationship, like a friendship, and uh, I've been taking lessons from him for a, for a good amount of time, and even did some covers of his work. So he's kind of my drummer influence in this. I really really think Blind Guardian is probably the best power metal band in history, and they're really huge influence for myself. I also wanted to ask you about the album artwork and the artist involved. Right. Um, so we uh, commissioned this uh, work to uh, a relatively, you know, uh, you know, well-known, well-established artist within the uh, uh, American underground scene. Uh, his trademark uh, name is Wormwalk, and he has been doing covers for a number of our friends, including recently, excuse me, uh, Morgul Blade, who are signed on No Remorse Records. And um, he's got this very dark style. And uh, he paints acrylic on wood. Uh, it's all hand-painted. And so we wanted really this real uh, real feel to the, to the product, right? Uh, from the beginning, we wanted to have vinyl product and... Uh, and the artwork, I, we insisted in being kind of a, a real <laughs> artwork, not digital, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so that's how it how it came about. And then he was phenomenal. He he captured what we wanted at at, at the concept and created this dark, uh, you know, dark imagery that represents the main theme of the song, which is what we are talking about, right? That the demon mm -hmm. strain when you have this kind of you know female character who probably after her, you know, uh, you know, she's been taken, as you know, in the song by the devil, blah, blah. And then we imagine that she's maybe reborn or she, she lives this second afterlife like a, like a goddess and there is a demon kind of protecting her. There's several layers of message in there. So he loved the idea and he created this, uh, you know, 
beautiful uh, custom color for us. And uh, um, yeah, the, the, the color gamma is impressive. There is so, uh, it's just so beautiful. So I'm just waiting for the moment to receive my vinyl copy to, you know, frame it and have it somewhere in my wall. Absolutely. <laughs> and I also want to ask you, is there a tour in the works? Hmm. Well, touring, I have to say, for no, for the bands of our size, touring is not a good deal. Uh, you know, we 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 may have a good follower base in like online and in forums and locally, but it's not enough to actually make it worth uh, the, the the trip, right? And uh, at the moment, we're also kind of looking for an agent that would help us perhaps with a little bit of a bigger, bigger exposure. Uh, what we do have are some festivals. Um, so we are hitting Stormbringer uh, Metal Festival, which is a new mm -hmm. heavy metal festival uh, here in local to, to us in Massachusetts. Uh, it will be essentially running from June 10th to June 11th and features, you know, uh, cooled heavy metal bands such as Attacker, Glacier, uh, but also newcomers like Riot City, and of course also Gatekeeper, Greyhawk, uh, Icarus Witch, uh, Tower, a good number of, you know, new bands that are working into this new way of traditional heavy metal uh, genre thing. So we are hitting that festival in June, and then we are hitting uh, Madison in Wisconsin for the Mad with Power Festival that is pandering to a little bit more of a power metal-oriented audience. And uh, But we have a very nice lineup there as well, including, uh, I think the headliners are, um, we have Lords of the Trident and uh, several other uh, good bands. Uh, so we... Um, you know, those are kind of our main, uh, our main uh, live appearances. So no touring just yet, at least not this year, but two important festivals. And I wanted to ask you if you could pick your top three drummers, who would they be? Oh, um, yeah. So I probably already gave you up one. Uh, so Tom and the Omen Stau, uh, you know, the, the drummer of Blind Garden, I would say, the one who recorded their most important albums. Um, he's drumming on albums like Imagination from the Other Side or Nightfall in Middle Earth. It's just uh, just a, a book, an open book for me. I try to learn from that, both from technique and also style and how hard he hits, how tight he's on stage when he was performing with him live. Everything there is just, uh, just impressive. Um, and then uh, again, a little bit more on the classical, but also still like heavy hitters. I love Cozy Powell. He is uh, just one of those drummers that he's always in the pocket, but he doesn't sacrifice power. Like the thing about Cozy is this powerful beat, right? He's just mm -hmm. playing with accents all the time. And, but he knows how to place them right, right? It's not like he's always on top. But And he is one of the pioneers, of course, with uh, double uh, bass drummer drumming. And, uh, you know, I am a huge follower the double bass drumming i i have two kick drums i don't use double pedal i don't use uh triggers <laughs> i just use two huge drums <laughs> and and i love that because there is this you know the frequencies last twice as long with a large one drum right if you have mm -hmm. two drums so you have much more powerful impact and i think that the audience kind of can feel that and um you know, and the third, I always go back and forth uh, 
I it's it's hard for me to define or uh, you know um, I would probably name uh, three on top of my head, uh, but none of those would be probably the uh, you know the best. So um, you know I would I would have to think a little bit more about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I also wanted to ask you, if you could pick your proudest moment as an artist, what would it be? That's a good question. Um, you know, the proudest moment when I have experienced so far is when you, even before, uh, you know, you release something to the public, is seeing how uh, maybe a draft from an idea or a scratch that you may have had in your head or in a paper turns out into that kind of, uh, you know, into music, right? So th those moments are just very, very gratifying. And those are the real kind of artistic gratification kind of moments when you when you see a vision becoming reality. And then after that comes uh, the rest, right? You The promotion, getting signed on the record deal, of course, was great when we got Cruz del Sur music uh, hopping on, uh, on our album and getting us a a record deal that was that was a huge huge moment um as a band of uh, this particular band but uh as an artist i would say you know my personal uh satisfaction is when an idea becomes like a, a, a tangible uh result and it creates a feeling and when you can feel that the feeling is is real. You you feel it. Everybody else around the room feel it. The people that you are trying to connect to feel it. Then it's very gratifying. So almost every day we have those gratifications. Honestly, like when I receive a comment from from a fan who tells me how how much of this song was you know impacting, how he felt about this song, the influences that resonated. That's all gratifying. Like I think every every one single of those moments are really the gratification. Being able to connect with others, open new horizons, open new feelings to people with your music. Uh, that's that's the most important thing. And that's why I think we do this for them. And you've enjoyed a great career as a drummer. I wanted to ask you, uh, what's the best advice you've been given along the way? <laughs> I will give you the, the, the short answer. Don't give up your day job. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough out there um it's real tough and so definitely uh jokes aside uh you know i have to combine my drumming with uh, my day job and of course my kids it, it's, it's kind of it's it's challenging but one of the things that i would say uh people like tom and the omen would tell you is that um one needs to be never never look at others right there is always going to be someone who will beat you to death in technique in sound in times of practice the question is always how much more you are interested in evolving your own sound how are, how comfortable you are with what you are doing do you want to keep exploring do you want to keep getting tight and to me it's always a challenge like even now i always i play to i play with the band I always try to be as precise as I can on the click, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 that is always and that that's always kind of a, an exercise, even with the same thing. And you you're never one hundred percent precise. That's almost impossible as a human being, right? So, but there is that kind of goal, and you want to be better. You want to create better. Um, so you know, I guess 
never stop uh, learning. That would be my my advice. Even if you are very old, you know, you think you know everything. Uh, there is always something to learn, and just not losing that passion to keep uh, to keep improving your drumming and creating new ideas, learning new tricks. So, but I'm not a professional drummer, right? I don't earn from that. So if you would ask maybe some of my colleagues who are teaching or who are musicians who are touring, they may have a whole different set of uh, answers to these questions. So. Well, I believe you're right on track. I remember uh, reading an interview with Neil, Neil Peart, um, mm -hmm. and he was talking about, um, he saw Journey play and Steve Smith on drums and, he noticed his improvement in his technique, and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, where you, where are you picking this stuff up?" And uh, immediately went to his trainer to, you know, uh, help his skills. You know, it's a never-ending cycle. Right. You are actually good on point. Getting a mentor and a teacher is always good. Uh, at every stage, I had several mentors and teachers throughout my career, but I never stopped like, trying to look for one. And my latest one was Tom and Diomen, but he uh, he may not be the last. I don't know. It's always good to have a mentor, even if you know a lot. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandise from the band? Oh, that's a good question. So we have as uh, many kind of bands in our style. We are using this platform called Bandcamp. I don't know if you are familiar with Bandcamp. Very much so. Right. So uh, everything is on Bandcamp. We have essentially our webpage there where you can get our uh, you know, merchandise, uh, pre-orders of our vinyls and CDs, and as well as uh, leftover stocks from the Far Flung Realm uh, uh, album. Um, and we will be putting more merch up to sale there. Uh, we are getting restocked now for, uh, ahead of the festivals and some of the live gigs we have. So Bandcamp is the way to go. Yeah, I think Bandcamp is a great uh, site. Um, one, because uh, they treat artists well. Um, Correct. Yep. And it gives us a lot of uh, flexibility. And, and some labels actually are very... Some labels don't like to work with Bandcamp. And some labels have adapted to Bandcamp, but we are lucky to have a label that is very much adapted to Bandcamp. So we, for example, in our website on 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 the on our web on the web on our Bandcamp store, you will see items that we sell, which are kind of US only. So those are the stock of items, for example, vinyls or CDs that Cruzel mm -hmm. Sur prints for us, and those are our copies to sell. And then Crystal Sur has his their own kind of side that there's they distribute outside of the U.S. through our Bandcamp, which is kind of which is fair, and uh, and we essentially work very very working communion in that sense, right? So they they are okay with us, uh, you know, getting our own our own merchandise on sale, our own CDs, our own vinyls. They don't complain about us having you know, our own shop that is independent on them and stuff like that. They do have their own shop in our site, which is reasonable. But you know, some labels are a little bit historically concerned about things like Bandcamp. Sure. <clears throat> you know, uh, but we are, uh, you know, we're very happy with our label and, and I think they, 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 they understand pretty much our market and our niche and they work within that market very, very well. And lastly, I wanted to ask you if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Oh, um, 
Well, first of all, thank you. We we are really appreciate everyone who can you know who listens to our work and connects with us. Uh, it feels uh, it feels great. So reach out to us. Uh, we always read the comments on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever they are. Um, thanks for you know uh, listening. And if uh, you know, uh, I encourage everybody to catch us on our leaf uh, uh, events, either at one festival or the other. And we we are trying to book also a, a series of leaf events for 2023. Um, hopefully, we can hit some European sites as well, but nothing yet confirmed. So we would love to see you anywhere uh, closer to your city at some leave venue. That would be that would be fantastic. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, one, for taking time to speak with me, and two, for creating an amazing piece of work. This album is uh, perfect for these times. I think we all need an escape right now from uh, the things that are going on, and this one provides a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. And we definitely envision this album as a, as a journey, right? And we wrote it in dark times. It was in the middle of the pandemic which, when we were writing that. And it was literally a little bit of a, a wave of escaping for ourselves. So I, I appreciate that you are capturing that as well. And I hope it provides uh, escape and solace and entertainment to other people as well. Well, I hope that you will keep me updated with any new news as it comes about. And I hope we can talk again real soon. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Bob. Thank you. And you have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank you for taking time to listen to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember... Come see me for a fix.